1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome into the sports wrap on a Wednesday morning. A little bit of snow out there. In case you missed this, there is that winter weather advisory going into effect at 1 a.m. tomorrow through 1 a.m. on Friday. Four to eight inches of snow on the way. Uh, I've been emailing back and forth with Voice of the Gophers, Mike Grimm, who says he got nine inches of snow at his home in Lakeville over the last 24 to 36 hours. So it could be a lot worse than where we're sitting right now. We're going to talk to Mike Grimm, second half of the sports wrap today, talking about gopher football and some some some, some roster changes. Uh, five, of course, big names moving on to the NFL. Guys like Tyler Johnson, who got a touchdown from Tom Brady against the Packers over the weekend. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. was the NFL Rookie of the Month last month. Kamal Martin is tearing it up for, for Green Bay and Carter Coughlin. And who are some of the new guys that are going to step up for this 2020 Gophers squad? Who kicks off this Saturday against Michigan at home, college game day, 4.30 pregame show, 6.30 kickoff, Gopher football this Saturday. Lots to get to, some high school volleyball action across the state last night. Game one of the World Series goes to the L.A. Dodgers. And a couple NBA head coach hires that we'll get to as well. Let's rewind the last 24 hours in sports. Rewind time. A lot of high school volleyball action across the state last night. Of course, uh, if you tuned into KDLM last night, you heard the, the Lakers defeat the Frazy Hornets three to one last night. Other, uh, statewide, well, maybe not statewide, other area matches last night included New York Mills beating Monaga three to nothing. Three for Falls over Crookston last night as well, three to nothing. I did see a, a picture of the stands from Crookston last night and it, it, it helps when when people have a, a sense of humor about the the fans situation when it comes to, uh, to high school sports, uh, the student section in Crookston last night literally filled with fans, oscillating fans. I don't know if there's any, any other kinds of fans. Big box fans. There you go. Box fans, oscillating fans, packed. Well, let me not packed. The fans were all six feet apart in Crookston last night. Uh, but I thought that was a pretty cool picture that has been floating around the Facebooks and the Twitters this morning. Faustin over Benobin Wabin last night, three to nothing. Of course, Detroit Lakes over Frazee, three to one. DGF over Holly, three to nothing. Breckenridge over Pelican Rapids, three to one. Bertha Hewitt over Pillager last night, three nothing. What did Deer Creek beats, uh, Highway 10 rival Verndale, three to nothing. And then a, a bunch of postponements area wise as well. Ada Borup and Bagley was postponed due to COVID yesterday. Battle Lake and Parker's Prairie. Perham and Barnesville, and Long Prairie, Great Eagle, and Crosby Ironton, all matches uh, that were postponed last night across the area in high school volleyball. Game one of the World Series was last night. It was all Dodgers. Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger homing for the Dodgers. They pound the Rays 8-3 in game one of the 2020 World Series. Clayton Kershaw, who's been notoriously bad in his playoff career, very, very good last night. One run over six innings, struck out eight for the Dodgers. Tyler Glasnow gave up six runs over four and a third for the Rays. Dodgers have a one nothing series lead. Cody Bellinger says the win in game one, absolutely huge for this Dodgers team. I mean, yeah, that's always important in any series, especially the World Series. We did a great job of sticking to our plan. Um, it was just, it was a great game overall. Dodgers red hot. They were trailing Atlanta three games to one in the NLCS and bounced back to win that series. Uh, Tampa Bay, they've struggled a little bit. They were up three games to nothing on Houston. Houston forces game seven 
And Tampa Bay almost becoming the, the second team to lose an ALCS series after leading three games to none. Other would, of course, be the New York Yankees. Uh, catcher Mike Zanino says uh, game one wasn't their night, but they'll bounce back. You look at that from, you know, the Dodgers series with Atlanta, uh, you know, that, that these guys can put up runs. Um, but I got full faith in this pitching staff. You know, you know they had a couple big hits tonight, found some holes. I, I have no doubt that's going to fall in our favor at some point. Game two of the 2020 World Series, Rays-Dodgers is tonight. Let's talk some NFL stuff. Uh, Miami Dolphins fans, get ready. They're handing the reins over to Tua. According to reports, Dolphins are going to give Tua the starting nod when they come out of the bye week next week. Ryan Fitzpatrick has guided the, guided the Dolphins to a 3-3 three and three record to start the season. Tua made his debut uh, late in the fourth quarter in a 24 to nothing win over the Jets this past Sunday. Completed two passes, and he will be your open. Your, your, not your opening day starter. Your, your next starter for the Miami Dolphins when they get back from that bye week. Looking at some COVID stuff across the NFL. NFL confirming eight players testing positive for COVID nineteen during their most recent round of testing last week. League also announced that eleven staff members also testing positive uh, during the week of October eleventh through the seventeenth. Nearly 7,800 people tested in all. NFL is now up to 47 players and 41 staffers who have tested positive since beginning testing on August 1st. And uh, something that goes hand-in-hand with uh, COVID-19 testing is the the situation with fans uh, in stadiums. And New Orleans has been one of the, the teams that's been wanting to get Saints fans back in the building. They were exploring some options uh, with LSU and their football stadium, seeing if the Saints could play there with limited fan capacity, because I believe the LSU Tigers are allowing fans in their games. Might want to fact check me on that. Um, so the Saints had talked with LSU about having Saints games on campus, but uh, they're avoiding that. The Saints announced they're going to allow 3,000 tickets to be claimed by season ticket holders for this Sunday's game. The Superdome can hold over 74,000 fans, 6,000 fans able to uh, attend their November 15th home game if local health guidelines allow. So they're going with a slow uh, increase of fans over the next handful of weeks. The Saints and Mayor Latoya Cantrell hope fans will wear masks and socially distance from each other. Other teams to allow fans inside their stadiums include the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. We've got a bonus number three before we get Mike Gribb on the phone to talk some gopher football. Uh, some NBA head coaching news, the Indiana Pacers Going north of the border to find their next coach, they've hired Toronto Raptors assistant Nate Bjorgren as their next head coach. He's going to replace Nate McMillan, who was fired after Indiana was swept in the first round of the playoffs. Bjorgren spent the last two seasons as an assistant in Toronto. He was at the Phoenix Suns before that. And the L.A. Clippers have found their next head coach as well. It's going to be Teron Liu, the 26th coach in the history of the franchise. Terms of the deal not released, but it was reported last week to be a five-year deal. Lou is going to replace Doc Rivers, who stepped down last month after seven years with the Clippers. Lou was an assistant for the Clippers under Rivers. He was also the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers before that, going 128 and 83 in three plus seasons with LeBron James on his team. Coming up next on the Sports Wrap, we're talking to voice of Golden Goal for football, Mike Grimm. He's going to join us from his basement as he's, uh, he's snowed in with nine inches of snow in Lakeville. We're talking to Go for football with Mr. Grimm next on the wrap. 
I'm Mike Ham with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. It's two a time in South Beach, despite two straight wins with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Dolphins announced rookie Tua Tungabailoa will be their new starting quarterback. Miami has its bye this week, so the former Alabama star will make his first NFL start Sunday, November 1st. Several Cowboy players are expressing their frustration with the new coach, Mike McCarthy, and his staff to NFL Network's Gene Slater. One player says the team's coaches are, quote, totally unprepared. Another says they just aren't good at their jobs. Remarkably, the two and four Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East. The Saints will have some fans marching into the Superdome. The team reached an agreement with the city of New Orleans to host 3,000 fans for Sunday's game against Carolina. But the Panthers star, Christian McCaffrey, won't be playing. The team announced Tuesday the All-Pro will miss his fifth straight game with an ankle injury. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Minnesota hosts Michigan in Big Ten football on Saturday night. We'll have a preview after this. You want your favorite football team to be hard and tough, not your candy. Wiley Wallaby Soft and Chewy Licorice brings hard-hitting, great-tasting flavor every snap. It's packed full of juicy, chewy goodness that has the competition scrambling. So if you like your licorice flavorless and tougher than an old cleat, pick the other guys. But if you want to pick a winner every time, get on the side of Minnesota-made Wiley Wallaby Soft and Chewy Licorice. Sack bland candy and taste the Wiley difference. Pick up a pouch at your favorite store today. Golden Gopher junior quarterback Tanner Morgan says going against a tough Wolverines defense will be a tough task. You know, uh, obviously Michigan's defense is... uh extremely aggressive and very well coached and talented. So, you know, for us, at the end of the day, it, it's not about, uh, you know, the things I do. It's about uh, controlling what we can control, you know, executing our details, you know, and playing with how, you know, that's what our identity is. And, you know, we have to play with those things and, and execute the little details uh, to be able to be successful as an offense. How much um, uh, with the new offense? Uh, obviously, I suppose there'll be a few new wrinkles that you can, uh, you know, spring on them a little bit. But let's face it: the bread and butter uh, of what you guys have done is kind of this run-pass option. How much can that be, uh, or how can that be effective against what they do? Are there some uh, places you can take advantage of them? Yeah, I mean, it can be effective and uh, against any defense. Really, um, you know, being able to run the ball and have the option to throw behind it is. Uh, is a lethal thing and uh, can be effective against you know, whoever you're playing against, whether it's Minnesota's defense or you know anybody. So uh, it's obviously something that we've been successful in the past, and um, you know something that we're excited that that we have in our in our uh, tool bag for sure. That's Gopher QB Tanner Morgan, and that's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the sports wrap on a, a a snowy Wednesday morning. More snow in the forecast. We'll get the we'll get full KDLM weather forecast coming up in a bit here. But first, joined on the phone by the voice of Golden Gopher football and the sports director at the Minnesota News Network, Mike Graham. Now, Mike, it, it sounds like you're uh, you're hunkered down in your basement right now, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, since the uh, pandemic hit, we've uh, you know we've all kind of had to. Many of us have had to kind of stay away from 
from the work area. And so I, I have always kind of had a little basement work studio, but it has kind of become my permanent little fixture in which uh, I do most of my uh, broadcast stuff. So um, it, it, there's been some good to it. There's been some bad to it. I certainly miss seeing my coworkers every day. Um, we stay in touch, but mm-hmm. I don't get to see them every day. But, yeah, down in the basement studio is uh, the late, great Steve Cannon used to say, and uh, ready to go. Uh, Gophers uh, begin football on on Saturday. It, it seems like forever ago since we last had a Gopher football game. The Auburn win back in in January with the with the delay of things and COVID nineteen, and then, then the Big Ten cancels the football season. Then they decide, oh, we're going to try and have the football season. Uh, a, a huge get for the Gophers to start things off. Primetime game against the number eighteen ranked Wolverines. College game day in town once again. But I, I read a press release from the Gophers that. This is only the fifth time that a college has had college game day back-to-back weeks. I know there's kind of an asterisk next to it because uh, it was last November, and now here we are in October with the delay of the season. But still uh, a cool stat nonetheless to have college game day back in town for this one. Yeah, this, uh, you know, for, for TCF Bank Stadium, where I want to say before last year there were like eight or nine programs, maybe there were a dozen somewhere in there that had not had it at all. Minnesota was one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember Syracuse was one and Iowa State was one. And in the last two years, those three have all gotten, you know, a, a, a visit. And now for Minnesota, it's a second straight visit. And, you know, it, 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 I think it does speak to a few things. One, obviously the trajectory of the program is, is headed in the right way. I mean, you know, obviously the national perception is that this is a program on the rise. PJ Flex, a guy that uh, people are, are, are keeping an eye on. Um, you know, it's a situation, um, where Minnesota had a wonderful year last year. You, you, you referenced the, the bowl game win, which was huge, uh, down in Tampa, which you're right. It seems, I mean, it started this year. That seems like it was five years ago now, uh-huh. you know, how, how long it seems this year's been. But that started the year off great. We didn't know the year would end up, you know, turning, uh, the way it did. I did think it was interesting that, you know, the Gophers started the year in Tampa with that big win on Auburn. And, uh, Tampa's had quite a year since. They won the Stanley Cup. They're teams in the World Series. They got Tom Brady. They have Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield. I mean, um, Tampa is, is you know, and, and they would have a chance potentially to be in the Super Bowl. And I want to say, I think Tampa even hosts the Super Bowl uh, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that been quite a, you know, quite a stretch for that city, that area. But back to your question, um, having game day in town, I think, speaks to kind of what the perception of the program is, kind of what the expectation is. And uh, you know, I think it's good. It can only be good. Uh, it, it's a positive uh, influence, certainly, and it, it helps build the image of the program nationally. You mentioned uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tyler Johnson, uh, two of of, of five uh, NFL draft picks, a school record five draft picks. There are a lot of guys returning, big names like Rashawn Bateman. He's been reinstated after initially declaring for the draft after the Big Ten decided to to cancel and then reinstate things. Tanner Morgan. A top two, top three quarterback in the in the Big Ten this year. Uh, big offensive lineman Daniel Falale back. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim is back. But then you've got the the, the guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, rookie of the month for Tampa Bay. You mentioned before Tyler Johnson catching touchdown passes from Tom Brady beating the Packers last Sunday. But you've also got Kamal Martin and Carter Coughlin and Chris Williams in the in the NFL as well. Who are some guys that the fans might not know right now who could be household names come uh, Big Ten championship season in in uh, December? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think especially the questions are on the defensive side of the football. I, I don't think anyone's going to be able to uh, replicate 
at least for this coming year, the production that we saw from Antoine Winfield. I mean, I'm entering now year 15 with the Gopher Radio Network, and uh, the Gophers just simply in that time have not had a player with the, – they created the impact on a play-to-play basis like Winfield when he played. Um, it, it, there were there are players that also had impact, but you think about Antoine, he was on campus for four years. He played two of those years. He was injured in two of those years, so his, his sheer volume of plays was limited, but – for how many big plays he had in relation to how many plays he played, nobody had a bigger impact. Um, I mean, he changed games. He won games. He uh, sealed games. He did everything. Um, and so they're going to miss him. Tyler Newbin is a redshirt freshman. He was uh, one of the top-ranked kids in the state of Illinois um, two years ago, really a year ago, um, and, and chose Minnesota over a, a whole bunch of big schools. Uh, he will likely be the starter in that spot that Antoine Winfield left. Again, I think it's a lot to put on a freshman or a redshirt freshman to say, hey, go do what Antoine did. But that's what they're going to tell him to do, and we'll see how, how um, you know, you know where it becomes. You know, you got to be, especially with a safety uh, assignment football, you got to be in the right spot. You got to tell people where to be. You have to, you know, uh, and, and some of that just comes with experience. Certainly instincts take over for a time. So um, Tyler Newbin's a name to watch. Um, these names might be familiar to diehard fans because they played in pass rushing downs last year, but the two defensive ends who now would be the projected starters are Asazi Atomewa and Boye Mafe. How about that for a bookend pair with names? <laughs> uh, Asazi Atomewa and Boye Mafe both played in pass rushing situations last year and were very good. Um, and in Mafe's case, when he played in the pass rushing situation, oftentimes it was lined up as a pass rushing defensive tackle just to utilize his his uh, speed and quickness. Well, now he's going to be, uh, for the most part, likely in every down or a most every down defensive end along with the Tomewa. And now the question becomes, we know they can rush the passer. Can they also stop the run? Can they play assignment football? Can they play contain? Because those defensive end spots are so important if – you know, it might not even be the job of the defensive end to make a tackle on a particular assignment. It's simply turn the play back inside so the linebackers can make a tackle. Uh, make sure the play doesn't get outside. And if all of a sudden you get sucked in, as they like to say, and the play gets outside, uh, if you had uh, carried out the assignment, it might be a one-yard gain. Since you didn't, it could be a 10-yard gain. It could be a touchdown. So um, it's an important position. And those two guys, I think, are, are, are very talented. And now the question is, uh, you know, with experience and the more they play, the better they'll be. Um, what kind of production can they have? Uh, Mariano Sori Marin's another name that people, the diehards, will be familiar with. He started six games last year when Kamal Martin was hurt. He'll be an every-down player now as a linebacker, and that's another name uh, to keep an eye on. And then um, up front, a defensive tackle um, by the name of Keontae Shad, I think, is a name to, to uh, keep an eye on. And I think he's going to be one of those big run stuffers. And I think he also might be one of the first guys in a while up front in terms of a tackle spot. In, in P.J. Fleck and Jerry Kill's time, most of those tackles were simply clog up the middle kind of guys, which is what you need, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stop the run. Um, but I do think Shad has the ability to, you know, Stephen Richardson was probably the last guy the Gophers had that was able to, yeah, he was a run stuffer, but, you know, he could also sack the quarterback. And that's a unique skill for a defensive tackle. You know, for years the Vikings saw that with Kevin Williams, what a what a uh, uh, treat that was. And so hopefully um, Shad can be one of those guys that not only stops the run but can get uh, pressure on the quarterback. Another guy I like hearing updates on is uh... – Casey O'Brien, he's beaten cancer like like a million times. This guy's inspiration yeah. is a hero, one of P.J. Flex guys. Uh, is Casey going to be on the sidelines this season? 
Yeah, it sounds like it. So two uh, two two part answer for you, uh, Zeke. First of all, he got good news last week. Um, he had his three month scan, and if anyone has uh, had friends, relatives, or they themselves have gone through this, where every three months you get the either the PET scan or the CAT scan or what have you to see if if anything is returned or anything showing up. Um, this was his second straight three-month scan that came back clean. So awesome. he's now six months clean. Um, so that obviously is good news. I mean, um, you know, people that go through that, what a nerve-wracking time that is, no doubt. And so that's good. And early in the pandemic, because, you know, he has been, you know, he's immune compromised because he's been on chemo and he's done all this stuff over the course of time. Um, the doctors were keeping him away. Um, now with the daily testing, not saying risk is is nil because certainly there's still risk because you're around campus, you're around players, you're around a lot of people. Yep. But because of the daily testing and isolation, and you know someone has it, they're able to to get that person out of the flow of traffic, so to speak, for lack of a better term. He has been able to practice um, most days. Um, you know he'll. I think be on the sideline. That was the last I heard. I, I don't know if he'll get in the game. Um, you know, in terms of the holding position, I will say this is open. Last year's holder was the punter Jacob Herbers. He's graduated. Um, the new punter's a, 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 man, a young man, and when I say man, I mean it. He's like 27 years old out of Australia, <laughs> and, um, and and we'll see if he has the holding duties. I don't know uh, what the plan is. We have not been able really to see practice like we normally would in the preseason uh, in terms of our radio crew, just because they obviously want to limit. Uh, anybody uh, from the outside coming in and potentially, you know, doing anything. So um, this, for the first time, well, in my time, this was the most mystery uh, surrounding the team, uh, and and certainly with Michigan, they're always mysterious because Jim Harbaugh won't even release a depth chart ever Mm -hmm. on the week of the game. But the Gophers, I don't think, are going to probably let too much out of the bag either here on the opener. So everyone's kind of going to be in the dark heading into Saturday night um, in terms of of how it goes. And it's weird because this is a team that shouldn't have a lot of mystery. You know, everyone that's back on offense. And then on defense, you think you have pieces you know – but, you know, through injury, through potential opt-outs, which, you know, there could be some that haven't been announced yet, uh, through a potential positive COVID testing, you just don't know. We won't know until we see who's dressed and in the pregame warm-ups as to what really, uh, you know, the team will look like on Saturday night. We're talking to the voice of Gopher football, Mike Grimm, on the Sports Wrap this morning. One of the big concerns with starting the season this Saturday is the cushion for missed games due to a potential COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, pretty much gone for, for not just the Gophers, but everybody else in the Big Ten. The schedule pretty packed from now until the Big Ten Championship in December. Do you know what Plan B is if we see something like we've seen in the NFL the last handful of weeks where games have to be postponed and rescheduled? Do we know what uh, what's going to happen in that instance? Well, I think the plan would be that it would become uh, a game would be declared a no contest, uh, meaning there's no forfeit, there's no nothing, it just doesn't happen. Um, you're right. There's no wiggle room. There, I don't think there is another answer. Um, I don't know that. Now, if if there was something important, like it was a divisional game, and remember they're holding on to that week nine, which I love this idea. Um, they're they're going to do what the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference announced it was also going to do when it starts uh, play next fall, and that is um, on the final week the championship game will happen. So the division champ. Uh, on the West, the division champ on the East will play in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, and then the rest of the schedule, and we may not know how that schedule gets set until really literally the results of the week before, uh, the second-place teams in each division will play. 
the third-place teams in each division will play and on down the line. Uh, Barry Alvarez, who helped set up the schedule as the athletic director at uh, Wisconsin, did say they will allow for some wiggle room that they would try to not have rematches from the first eight weeks. So just for the fun of the discussion, let's say Minnesota finished second in the West and Michigan finished second in the East. Um, instead of having a rematch for that game in Week 9, they might flip the second and third place team. So, for example, let's say Iowa finishes third. Uh, Minnesota might play the third place team in the East, and Iowa might play the second place team, which whatever, right? It's fine. I, mean, yeah. I, I agree they should try to avoid rematches. So um, could there be a unique scenario where, let's say, Ohio State and Michigan, for example, let's say, um, well, that, that's a poor example because it's almost certain it seems that Ohio State would be in the championship. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, could there be a unique circumstance where a game would get canceled in week five and it was an important division game? Could they move that to that last week and, and, and call it? I don't know. Um, probably not. I think it simply would become a no contest, and instead of a nine-game season, you'd have an eight. And see, they, at the end of the day, they have 63 games scheduled, nine weeks, uh, seven games uh, involving 14 teams each week. And so out of the 63, I, I really don't, you know, I mean, if you had to ask me to bet, I don't wager on sports, but if you had to ask me to, I would say that, um, you know, it, I, I'd bet no. They're probably not going to get all 63 games in. Someplace, somehow, unfortunately, um, it would seem that there'll be a hiccup or two someplace. Let's hope it doesn't involve the Gophers um, and, and move on, but, you know, you just don't know. So, um, yeah, they, they waited long enough to where there is no wiggle room, as you said. That's a good way to put it. Gophers kick off at 6.30 on Saturday. What do they have to do to keep that little brown jug in Minneapolis this weekend? Well, first of all, it would be the first time since 1977, which is hard to believe, that the Gophers will have beaten Michigan at home. Now, wow. they've won three times in Ann Arbor since then. But think about this as I'm kind of doing research every year with when, whenever we play Michigan. And so you, you remember and then you forget and then you rekindle the memory when you read about it. Um, the Michigan Wolverines never lost a game at the Metrodome. So the last time Minnesota beat Michigan in Minneapolis was at Old Memorial Stadium in wow. 1977. It's been whatever that is. Is that what, 53 years, I guess? Or take, is that right? Yeah. My math. Um, you know, whatever time. it is. It, it's a long time, right? That's a long time. So, um, so that's first of all, just as a, as a nugget. Um, so yes, let's go get that, uh, that, that jug on Saturday night. What will, will the Gophers have to do? Um, I think what they'll have to do is, is hold steady on defense. You know, I, I think there's going to be, uh, young guys playing for the first time, inexperienced guys trying to figure out where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, uh, and, and to use the PJ flight vernacular, let's keep the boat above water. Let, let's not let it sink. And then let the offense go out and score points against what is going to be a very good Michigan defense that has all kinds of, you know, four and five star talent and has been good for years and years under the well known defensive coordinator, Don Brown. So, um, I think offense has to kind of carry the day a little bit, um, score some points. And let's see that run-pass option offense that was engineered so beautifully last year by Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, uh, be engineered again beautifully on Saturday night. Pre-game show begins at 4.30 on Saturday. Kickoff with Mike Grimm at 6.30. Gophers versus Michigan from TCF Bank Stadium as the Gophers finally kick off the 2020 Big Ten schedule. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Uh, good luck on Saturday. and Go Gophers, man. You got it. Enjoyed it very much. And uh, let's do this again sometime. It's finger looking good. So we dude. Right, thanks again to Mike Grimm for joining us on the Sports Wrap. If you want to go back and listen to that interview, you can do so on demand at kdlmradio.com. We also have, 
Have the sports wrap up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Uh, just search for Katie Lim Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Can't wait moments. Uh, well, we've got uh, X's Nose with Mike Zimmer tonight on KDLM at 7 o'clock. I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, explanation slash excuses for what happened in the Atlanta game on Sunday as the Vikings have a bye week this week. But uh, got to watch tonight. Uh, got to be Rays and Dodgers. Game two of the World Series. 7-08 first pitch. Blake Snell, former Cy Young winner for the Rays against Tony Gonzalez for the Dodgers. Blake Snell, uh, 4-2 with the 3.24 ERA this year. Uh, Gonzalez, very similar, 2-2 uh, two two with the 2.31 ERA. But the postseason numbers, uh, Blake Snell, has, he's pitching a lot more games than, than Gonzalez. 2-2, uh, two two, 3.20 ERA. Uh, Gonzalez, 0-1 with a 9.95 ERA. If I were to bet, uh, I would say... Um, at this time tomorrow, the series will be even. I, I, I'm picking the Rays to win game two, uh, not based solely on, on pitching matchups, but having a former Cy Young winner on the mound, uh, helps your case quite a bit. Game two of the World Series, Rays and Dodgers, 708 first pitch tonight. That's right for the sports wrap. We're back tomorrow on the station. You can count on 1340 KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, talking to K Train from Rotowire and Rotowire.com tomorrow at 950 on the wrap on KDLM. Uh, the record of the Zeke begins after CBS News just after 10 o'clock right now.